in the middle of the I was walking in the I'm Max and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What up all you horse girls and horse boys? This is Zetus Lapidus. I'm Alan. I'm a horse girl. Are there <laughs> is horse boy a normal thing? I'm asking the horse girl. Is that a normal I, I'm not familiar with horse boy. I don't think I think maybe you're thinking cowboy. Cowboys? Ah, hmm. sure. Oh, but in the like in the like horse person zeitgeist, we don't normally we don't normally refer to horse boys. No, because <laughs> I think horse girl is bigger than horses. It's just a general. Uh, is it a state of being? Persona. Um, uh, I understand. I yeah. Well, horse boy, not not quite the same. I'm not a horse boy, but I am Max. <laughs> And this is Cetus Lapidus. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order and spend far too much time analyzing them. This week, everybody, we watched Ready to Run, which as the introductory nicknames would uh, imply, it was about horses. Again, another great, a great week for you, Malls. I loved it. I loved it. Spoiler alert. Big fan. Held up. <laughs> Different than our last horse movie, though. Yes. That one about wild horses widely. This about racehorses. Really horse flew racing. in the face of, yes. of horse sense, honestly. The, what we learn in horse sense is that horse racing is bad, and then we get a whole movie about it. What if in in our Disney Channel cinematic universe, yeah. Yeah. the, the horse DCOM race, U. yeah, in the DCOM U, the horse race that Joey Lawrence went to with his whiny girlfriend was this horse race. Was oh, the Santa Clarita wow. uh, Derby? Yeah. The yeah. Golden Derby? The Golden yeah. Derby. What if? I mean, yeah. that's not that far from LA. That's that's not unreasonable. Confirmed. It was the Golden Derby that they went to, and they were watching TJ race. The basic show info of this film is a 14-year-old girl who works at a racetrack trains a talking racehorse with issues, transforming him into a winner. Yep. True. All that's, of the above is that's true. That's what happened. Short, sweet, I, kind of. Ish. I don't know that she trained him into a winner. Did she? Tra- like, No. We'll get into it. I don't know that it. she did much of anything. Anyway. Yeah, we'll get into it. This movie was released on July 14th of the year 2000. Uh, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? No. If it wasn't obvious, hell yeah. Yeah, I didn't either. I did not watch the movie. Hell yeah. I was a big fan of this one, and I think it held up. Well, good. I'm glad. The top song of the time was Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon. He's everything you want. He's everything you need. She's everything everything inside inside of of you. you That you wish you could be. She says, oh, yeah, I remember it. I literally had to look up the music video and Molly like came into the room when I was listening to it. And she's like, what's like, oh my God, I can't remember that. I was like, hey, listen, you better study up. We're going to have to do a That that, that was a one-two punch with you're a God. And then Vertical Horizon disappeared off the face. (laughs) (laughs) As many bands. You're a God and I am not an I. Do you remember that one? I want to let you know. Yeah, there you go. Those two songs and then they're gone forever. Yep. Like, uh, that oh, album was great, though. That album was uh, very good. Yeah. I will, I will grant. The top grossing film of the week was X-Men. The first of the X-Men wow. films was released. Never seen it. It's okay. 
I, that that one doesn't make the like you must watch all these like the Fast and the Furious. No. No. I mean, they're not horrible. They at the time for superhero movies, they were quite successful, uh, but not they're not going to top anybody's list. It was it was that weird time in superhero movies where they had to be a drama and they didn't insert any comedy into it. So kind of like the, the best thing you get. The best thing you get is Hugh Jackman's Logan. Which I, has continued I mean, forever. He, yeah, he's he's the only Logan ever because that he was in that movie. And he was very good. Some of the top headlines or news or fun facts of the week. This is less of a headline and more I read it and thought, well, Molly would like this. July 14th, the day that this film was released, is Shark Awareness Day. Hmm. That's my holy day. It's also Bastille Day in France, uh, which relates to the actual news headline, which was there was a powerful solar flare that occurred on July 14th of the year 2000, later named the Bastille Day event that caused a massive geomagnetic storm on Earth, messing with a lot of different devices, electricity, so forth, uh, across the globe. I'd like to talk more about sharks. Y2K. Yeah. Oh, that's, they came about six, seven months late, but boy, it happened. That's right. We were all expecting it on the January 1st and in June. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's a delayed reaction. <laughs> uh, well, you guys ready to dive into the movie? I'm ready. Boy, am I. I mean, oh. I'm in the gate. Yeah. The, the flag is up. Ready. But set. I suddenly need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're not leaving the gate. That's right. Can I just acknowledge that on this opening sequence, which is a, a series of jockeys on their horses walking out of a tunnel that we will see later, we don't get a voiceover, which True. already made me like this movie more than almost any film, any decom that I've seen to date. Because I'm like, please let this be a sign that we're doing away with that terrible element. I don't need a voiceover for any of these. I do not need exposition. Show don't tell. Let's talk about it. I also learned a fun fact, uh, Max, and I'll share it with you. But, uh, actually, Molly, you should share it. I asked Molly the question, why are these horses walking sideways as they're going through the tunnel? Because there's like, uh, listeners, there's like eight horses, two rows of four. And they, like, a couple of them keep jaunting to the side and sort of walking sideways. And I was like, is that a normal thing? And I asked the resident horse girl. I didn't really think much of it because it's not that they're walking sideways. It's that the racehorses tend to have so much pent up energy and excitement and know when they're walking through the tunnel and that they're going to race. So it's just kind of like the excitement and the adrenaline because the jockey's not going to let them like run yet, but they're just kind of prancing in place. That's actually why each of the racehorses has another horse with them. And that horse's whole job and that second rider's whole job is to keep the racehorses calm and kind of follow by leader, get them calmly into the gate. Because mm. racehorses huh. have so much testosterone and, and excitement and energy and, and all the mm. things. Huh. Interesting. Oh, horse girl fact. I, I don't know much about horse racing, but I know that. That's very cool. You know, my takeaway yeah, yeah. from this beginning is that, and I know this, but I, horse names are crazy. Correct. Why are horse names so crazy? What's interesting, too, this didn't really happen in this movie, but what does happen in horse world um is that horses have a barn name and a show name so for example my horse one of them was named lenny that's what i called him when i saw him in the barn i Mm -hmm. said called him lenny hello lenny when i showed him his name was no doubt and my like the band yeah (laughs) 
Except for spelled K-N-O-W. Was he named after the band? No, he was. It was K N O W. No, as if you no doubt. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then Brody, my other horse, his show name was Orange County, named after the TV show starring Ooh. Adam Brody, which is why I called him Brody. Sure. But huh. like every horse has a very fancy long name that is announced when they show and then something you call them around the barn. They often feel like just advertisements. They are. They could be advertised. GoDaddy.com, the horse. Yeah. Or a lot of times if you get like... Zappos. This, this right. will happen in horse racing for sure is that if you have like a lineage, like if you have a stallion that is incredible, all the horses will have like something to do with that same word or it'll mm. be like... So like American Pharaoh, for example. Yeah, if have. he if he had a, a horse racing child, it could be like Egyptian Pharaoh, or like it'll Ooh. be like similar. God, how I wish in like a hundred years we have a lineage of jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Like it's all <laughs> I want. <It's> like, <laughs> some crazy yeah. ass meme name. Coming down the line, we have MeUndies. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Sponsored oh. by Squarespace. Sponsored uh, by Squarespace. Thank you. Uh, also, a, a key takeaway from this introduction, Sinbad is in this? <laughs> Sinbad is in this as a minor character. Yeah, he's the other horse. He's like, Hollywood. He's not even the main horse. Yeah. He, the, I saw Sinbad in the opening credits and was like, oh, Sinbad. And then I realized he's a minor comedic voiceover <laughs> role. Do you That's think that very he, strange. Do you think he was just like in the studio or like at his house for something else and just like did it on a voice memo. And Why is he it? in this movie? I don't understand no at all. Idea. Like what weight and gravitas is Sinbad adding to this as a literal, like not even tertiary character. He is so far not- down the line. <laughs> like he is, he literally is a horse named Hollywood who has eight lines. Yeah. Eight. He's not in the major races. He's, like it's so strange. It's it's very bizarre. It's wild. So all of this leads to a race, which is uh, you're introduced to the premise of the film right off the bat: horse racing, and you meet the horse character. He's the main character, Thunder Jam, who I immediately started referring to in my brain as TJ. Little did I know that would actually pay off down the line. Yeah, Thunder Jam is introduced. And you sort of get these like glimpses of the horses as they go into the gate as skittish at the gate. Uh, you're also introduced to the title character, Corey, 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 uh, Mr. Machado. Uh, oh, Mr. Machado, dude. Mr. Machado's cool. I like Mr. Machado. I think you mean daddy, daddy Machado. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I don't mean that, but somebody does. Somebody does. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and then what is the, what is the, uh, Mr. Garris? Mr. That Mr. Garrison, like Mr. clear villain, Garris, right off the bat. Yeah, he's a royal asshat the he entire is. the entire time. So you get this, you get introduction to all of sort of your key players, horse, three sort of your tri- your triad of characters in the film, and the race begins. Of which there is some drama where this gray because no horse can be white, right? I learned that from you. It is a gray horse. Yeah, horses can be white, but that's a gray horse. Okay. If it's white, it's probably an albino horse. That's what the coloring is. But most, when you think of a gray, or when you think of a white horse, like Prince riding in on their white horse, it's just a gray horse. Or Gandalf. It's just like gray. Oh, 
Cool. So I was sort of kind of right. There is some drama with the gray horse amongst the other horses that crosses the finish line. And then you get TJ who just does not leave the gate. And then when he does, does this weird like rodeo sort of jaunty step down the track. He doesn't gallop at all. He's not into it. You know, not everybody's a competitor. It's it was wild. I I do want to call out one thing because this sort of interaction and the scuffle between the horses did you all notice that the drastic change in film quality from the actual movie itself to the zoom in on the incident? Oh, yeah. To where it was so clearly taped and then cut and then brought into this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, can't actually the, this. this whole scene was edited weird because there's, uh, for instance, when they, they shoot on Thunder Jam at one point, an ambulance is driving by and then later is when the horse gets injured is which is the only reason why the ambulance should be coming but the ambulance was already like the whole the whole race scene is just it just is clear that like it's edited really way weirdly. like fix it in post came yeah. through in a big way here the entire purpose of this is to introduce mr garris as molly mentioned an asshat who after his horse gets injured we cut to the barn where all the horses are there there's a vet performing a diagnostic and it's like, Hey, it's just a, it'll be a short injury. She might be able to race. She might not. And Garris is like, uh, no, we're going to euthanize her for the insurance money. Yeah. Right. Insurance. And the big bad. And I, (laughs) (laughs) rearing its ugly head once again. again. Was that a horse pun? Yeah, yeah, rearing. Yeah, rearing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Can't escape death taxes uh, and a decom um, insurance issue. And There's I right. mean, I mean this with offense and with every fiber of my being. Fuck that guy. Like he is, and maybe it's because I'm a horse girl. But we're gonna get into him more. In my opinion, the worst villain we've seen yet. Like truly a heartless. Dickhole. Well, he has a history of doing it. Like that's what ha- Mr. Like Mr. Machado talks about this with Corey, because I, Corey has this like I want to be a jockey. I'm old enough for you to tell me what's going to happen. And then Mr. Machado hits her with this blunt delivery of, "He's well, gonna this delivery is horse. insane." Yeah. By the way, I was like, what? I thought Garris was going to make a glue joke, right? Which would have been dark. And then Machado goes another step. He goes, "Yeah, all right. They're going to destroy that horse." destroy not put it down (laughs) i think i was actually a little surprised i don't remember that part of this and i am surprised at how dark this is for a decom oh they say they're gonna destroy that horse they're gonna cut it up into horse meat yeah it's and i i literally said out loud holy shit like it's crazy you know though they say later they literally later, I think Mr. Garris says something along the lines of just kill it and make it dog food. What? I was surprised by the just casualness that we're talking about killing an animal in a Disney Channel movie. That's three yeah. years. I think they say it's three or four years old. It's a young horse. Yeah. Racehorses aren't very old because they're because they get hurt really easily. Most racehorses are like two or three. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, so Mr. Garris sucks. We established that early. We know from this that Corey desperately wants to be a jockey for reasons that will be revealed shortly. I want to point this out, and we can talk about this more later. She wants to be a jockey more than anything. She's begging Mr. Machado to let her be a jockey. He says, you know your mom will never go for that. This shouldn't be a debate. 
because you have to be 16 to get your jockey license. I looked it up. So the fact that she's four, this shouldn't even be a conversation. This entire movie's premise is flawed because she's not even old enough to apply and get a jockey license. Hmm. My, my main takeaway when I heard this, because, well, I had read the summary, so I knew that dad had died being a jockey. Single parent. Uh, I immediately, that's true. Put that one up. Uh, I immediately was like, oh, didn't we just do this in Rip Girls? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I really want to surf, but I can't because mom died surfing. I really want to be a jockey, but I can't because dad died being a jockey. I'm like, oh, we've done this movie before. At least, at least Corey knows that's how her dad died. That's true. That's true. Corey's in, good mom. Good mom. You know, at, at least Corey's mom isn't like, oh, don't worry about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's oh, true. Gosh. But it is funny that, like, we're not that far oh, removed from Rip Girls, and this is the same story. Like, four months later. Yeah, it, it's pretty darn close. We also, after this, this sort of wild scene in the barn, get introduced to Corey's family. Mm-hmm. With uh, Corey has a younger brother. Her mother, her father, has passed away in a jockeying accident. Um, so, again, single parent counter. And then the grandmother. We are introduced to the younger brother in a way that made me uncomfortable as he is wearing around his sister's underwear on his head. And we learn that it is not an infrequent occurrence because they have a spirited discussion on which fabric choice of underwear causes his hair to catch more satin or cotton. And I would cotton be- for, for the record, cotton. <laughs> <laughs> in case you were wondering at home. Oh, I was so uncomfortable. It makes for a good jockey hat. <laughs> Does it? It's a helmet. Does it? She seems unfazed. It's not a very good helmet when it's underwear, Molly. I know, and I know what they're trying to do because jockey helmets have a satin cover on them to be a different mm-hmm. color to make it easier for you, the audience, to track which horse you're watching. But yeah, not loving the kid wearing his sister's underwear. We also have the grandmother deliver a, a, an absolutely gut-wrenching line. Because she's watching a horse race when Corey arrives. Her horse is not doing well. And at the dinner table, I forget how this comes up, but I think the mom says something along the lines of, come on, you're here with your grandchildren. You wouldn't trade this for anything, right? And she goes, I would trade my grandchildren for a winning horse. Hey, well, she's honest. I, I, I admire your honesty. I, I didn't even pay attention to the grandma. I heard the mom say, I think she says something like, I would trade anything for a winning horse. And the mom says something like, you don't need a winning horse. You've got grandchildren. And I was like, are those equivalent? Like, <laughs> it's the same thing. Something about it made it seem like the mom was like, you don't need money. Children are all the happiness you need. Oh, and yeah, I was because like, not oh. only do they produce, not produce money, they cost a shitload of money. So they <laughs> it, actually make the problem worse. It, just, it was very like... <laughs> that time period and yeah. still you know just very like you why you have kids why could why wouldn't you be happy you have a family you got the family it's thing. like maybe money is nice too yeah maybe it's nice to like i don't know do things um and, and afford food Corey then does what any decom protagonist would do and that is something very illegal she goes into mr garris's barn which is a lot closer to her house than I originally thought. I get very confused by the barn setup because initially... It doesn't make any sense at all. 
initially I thought all the bar, like I thought Mr. Machado, who's her like boss trainer, stand in dad. Yeah. It seemed like he and Mr. Garris were at the same barn. Yeah. But then they, it's revealed they're rivals. Yeah. No, it Mr. doesn't make sense. Not at all. Is it? Maybe- they use one barn. But I, he, the, all, the I whole think. time. Maybe it was the barn at the racetrack. Cause obviously like you have to bring horses to the racetrack and there's a bunch of stalls, but then why is it so close to her house? I don't know. It was confusing. Well, because yeah. she just walks out in her pajamas and I was under the impression that this barn was miles away. So I don't know how she got there, but apparently the, the, the their, their family household is a hop, skip and a jump from Garrus's barn and then lets out the injured horse. Which runs away immediately. Yeah. Its and leg is fine. <laughs> <laughs> also, she releases it with the bridle on. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, that was a halter. Oh okay. my gosh, it was. We a, were learning. A bridle has a bit. Okay. Well, oh, she wow. releases it with the halter on. I thought about that too, and I couldn't decide if that was a good decision or a bad decision because obviously it could get caught on something, which would be bad, but also it would make it easier to catch. So, yeah, but isn't it? She doesn't want it to be caught. She's trying to release it to be free, right? Which is an insane thing because it's domestic racehorse that she's releasing into the wild and there's no way it's going to live. But that is seemingly what she is intending. I was thinking maybe she hopes someone else will find it and like take it in. Well, like they just a, bring it like right. a straight Mr. Garris, off. He would right. notice. Yeah. I don't know. Also, all racehorses get a tattoo on their inner lip that is a serial code that is aligned to that horse. So that way you could like look up that horse's records. Yeah. So anybody that finds that horse can just track it back to Mr. Right. Harris immediately. Like, here's your injured horse back so you can make horse meat. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, God, it was so crazy. Crazy. Yeah, that was, I'm glad she saved the horse, but that was a literal crazy way to do it yeah, yeah but like it's you're not cr- saving anything i wish she had like taken it back to mr garris's barn and like dyed it a color or something so that way i don't but know i feel like a hurt foot i but i, I feel like there <laughs> he, was a he's an idiot maybe he wouldn't have noticed yeah i feel like there i feel like Mr. <laughs> i, I would have really i would have loved to seen of her dying a horse though i'm i <laughs> I would be really into that scene. Think, of, think of that scene, 101 Dalmatians, where the dogs roll around in the sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thinking I'm one in, of those. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, I'm in, thinking in. she, yeah. like, dyes it black and nice. puts it in Mr. Machado's barn. And then when Mr. Garris is like, where's my horse? I don't know. Oh, no. That one's blue. And then I think Mr. Machado would cover for her. Well, this he certainly be- covers for her the next day when this he's is- like... This is a better plot. This should be the racehorse that she wins with. Is this I, I agree. I agree with you. There are lots of those, I feel like, in this movie. But the, I, 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 we know, we do, we do establish that Mr. Machado will just cover for her. Because the next day he's like, yo, you know anything about that horse that's missing? She's like, Mr. Machado, I was just basically admitting to it. And he's like, yeah, thought so. Thought you didn't know anything. I love Mr. Machado. God, oh, okay. Established he was super, like, he was super above board to defend her I right there. I love him. I think yeah. he is like a good role model, father figure, yeah, boss, whatever you want to call activity? him. I love him. Let's pause for a moment and roll back 
just shortly to like a scene before. Corey lets the horse go, goes back into the barn. All the horses in the barn stick their head out and are watching this go down. And then as she leaves, there's this rush of wind through the barn. And she begins hearing voices in her head. But they're not in her head. They're the horses. Well, she doesn't know that yet. Because she's a horse whisperer. (sighs) Anyway, just want to bring that up. Because that is the establishment for her powers down the road. Not not to be confused with the actual good movie, The Horse Whisperer. (sighs) This does really just kind of come out of nowhere. Yep. Like, this movie's been pretty grounded so far. And now horses are talking. It is pretty random when it happens. Here's my question. Would you rather it be like this, or would you rather some weird horse incident, bad CGI, magic, pixie dust effect happen, and that's why she gets to talk to the horses? Here's what I'll say. I I think that for a movie that relies on her ability to talk to horses, they don't pay it off at the end of the movie. I think that I wish they would have paid off her being able to talk to horses at the end of the movie or not had her be able to talk to horses at all. I I think that that the end and I'll get here, but I think the end of this movie fails to actually pay off that she can talk to this horse. And so I'd rather it just not be in the movie. Because then it, it's either a really grounded story about a girl and growth and yada, 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 or it's a kind of fantastic movie with a fun payoff for her superpower. And I don't think they do either of those things. Um, I, not, not to take away hugely, because I, I, again, no spoilers, but and Molly, you said you really liked it. I think this is a solid film, but I don't think it actually pays off what they're doing here. And so I think I'd rather not have it at all. Um, but if I'm going to have it, I'd rather change the ending a little bit. I don't think the effect of the horse talking is bad though if that's what you're asking me yeah i mean i I think i more meant would you rather have like something trigger the horse talking as opposed to it just happening i mean i think something does trigger the horse talking and that is her getting the confidence of the horses which is her letting out the injured horse i think that that's what triggers it. that's the catalyst is her releasing the horse now now i think if you're asking do i want it to be a bigger more momentous event no, I think if it's going to happen and the entire device of her getting talking to horses is like she has to uncover it and unpackage it. And if there was like this big catalyst event, then I think that takes away from her actually earning it because she has to like go through the. Thank God they didn't do it like don't look under the bed, though. They This is what don't look under the bed should have done, which is her learning and accepting it's a horse at the third time she has an interaction with TJ. Literally, mm. at the third time, I said out loud, please believe it this time because we've already had this done poorly and don't look under the bed. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, you're like, this has happened three times. We're good. I, I'm, we don't have to get into it now. I'm curious to hear more about your thoughts on the ending because I do think they pay off the fact that she can talk to the horse. Yeah, I don't think they do at all. I think they, they don't, they basically uh, invalidate her superpower at the end of the, at the, end of the movie. I don't know that, they do it hugely, and I do agree that they could remove it, and the movie still works. But I do think it plays. A, yeah, a we'll talk about it when we'll we get there. there. I it's a, to me, it's one small thing that they choose to do at the end of this movie. That uh, anyway, we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. What we do get next is this after Machado sticks up for Corey, and by sticks up I mean covers for her. We get this weird carpet bag and looking fella who comes to the Machado barn and is like, "Hey, do I have a jockey for you?" Here's this rodeo clown. 
You should definitely use him as a jockey. I have so many questions about this. For starters, how old is he? Because again, you have to be 16 to be a jockey. He does not look 16. Also, he's very tall. Very tall. If I know anything about jockeys, it's that they're short. You're supposed to be very short and light because you, uh, the lighter the horse has to carry, the faster they can run. Three, if he is 16 or younger, where is his parents? Mm. Why is he just a rodeo clown turned jockey? Oh, he's an orphan for sure. And this man is his agent? Like, <laughs> like what? I think I interpreted him as like 18, 19, I guess. If okay. he had been riding for Ringling Brothers in Florida. Sure. I I guess I interpreted him as a very young adult. Okay, that could be true. His name's Moody, by the way. Ah, uh, yes, Moody. I did enjoy that Machado got the carpetbagger, the, I'm sorry, the, the, the rodeo clown representative, out of his office by threatening him with a massive deworming needle. I, I yo, and an ivermectin joke post-COVID hits different. <laughs> Let me just say, like, like <laughs> that, is, that joke hits different in 2023. Let me tell you. I laughed long and hard, That's and I knew funny. why I was laughing, and it was very clearly not the intended punchline of that joke. That guy might be like, let me have it. <laughs> that guy does seem like he'd be like, oh, I'm a fan. Not yeah. the first time. <laughs> yeah. So we have him leave, and this is when we get a little bit of like the plot weaving of Grandmom introducing to Corey the confidencia de caballos, the confidence of horses. Well done. Thank you. Uh, don't don't practice Spanish for years for nothing, and I sound uh, when you got a when you got a little nasal thing, it sounds worse. So my apologies. It's paid off immediately after the grandmom says it with the second time Corey hears the horses. And it's just this cacophonous assault of all of the horses talking at once. And that's when I finally realized Sinbad was Hollywood. Yeah. That's, that's because, because up till this point you had seen his name and you're like, where the hell is Sinbad? Yep. (laughs) I thought it was going to be TJ. Mm, Sure. That would have made sense. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) To have the most famous actor in the film, play the main character don't yeah. be silly don't that, be silly that would have made sense it would have was it sinbad uh, like did he owe somebody money <laughs> I, why is sinbad in this movie so we also get this like terrible scene with mr garris again at the horse race really the only time they pull him out is in the horse races and that's when you get the rival with him and mr machado they have this sort of like beefing back and forth where eventually mr garris has to explain his own joke to mr machado which is how you know he's an asshole like i'm like on the level of asshole like if you have to explain your own bad joke you're already through the roof he also delivers this again they just keep reinforcing he's bad i'll break this horse's leg too to get insurance money if i have to he says about the horse that loses wild Unbelievable. But then he, but then he sells that horse for a bag of peanuts. Yeah, he yep, does. TJ, literally uh, for a bag of peanuts. A bag of peanuts, um, which uh, another um actually, uh, that girl is fourteen. I don't believe she can legally buy a horse when she's fourteen years old. I'm pretty sure her mom would need to uh, sign off on the purchase of that horse, even if it's for a bag of peanuts. It's. I mean, I, I, I also think there would be paperwork. Probably oh, yeah. some paperwork. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent going to be paperwork. But let's just give some credit where credit is due. Corey was, Corey heard it. Corey bid on the opportunity. Corey had a bag of peanuts. Yeah. How convenient that he said, I'll sell for a bag of peanuts as she held a full bag of peanuts. 
I have to say, I think she's a very likable lead. I think that in DCOM standard, she's likable. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I think agree. She, I think she's pretty smart. I think she's got a pretty decent relationship with her family. She's got a great relationship with Mr. Machado. She seems very caring of the horses. She's quick. Like, I found her to be a very likable lead, and it was in that moment that I thought, good for you, girl. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think she's a very, for for a trend that we have found in DCOMs of unlikable lead characters, she definitely uh, does not fit that trend. And as Corey brings TJ home is when we get a little bit of a conflict between Corey, Mom, and Mr. Machado. And Mr. Machado is here to play sort of the diffusing force. Mom is very against Corey having a horse. We've heard this from her a couple of times thus far. Very against Corey being a jockey. Very against Corey owning a horse because of the trauma that she's dealing with of her husband having passed as a jockey. Seems fair. Uh, and then Mr. Machado saying, you know what? He can stay at my barn. He can earn his keep with the races that he wins. We'll, we'll be able to pay for him. It's no big deal. And Corey can train him. Again, we stand Daddy Machado. <laughs> I have a really hard time with the mom not being not wanting Corey to be a jockey but letting her do all the other stuff mm. like horseback riding is incredibly dangerous regardless and so i just find it interesting that the mom's like this is the line sure it's not by nature of them being in a race that's what makes it dangerous it's yeah. just by nature of working with horses it's yeah. dangerous like sh sure there probably is more of an element of danger when you're running a horse down a track with other horses but she lets her run one horse down a track. She lets sure. her deal with 1,500 pound animals on a daily basis. It just seems, I mean, maybe this is their compromise they came to, which I can appreciate, but I just think that's a little interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, she's drawing the line because that's what her husband was, right? I think it's as simple as that. I, she's She likely is letting her Corey do what Corey wants to do and work with horses in a way that she views as safe because she, I, I imagine after losing a spouse to a, a horse race as a jockey, that's that's probably a pretty hairpin trigger, if, I, if I'm being honest. So that makes sense. And this is when we have Corey say, okay, I'm talking to horses now. Because TJ is having this interaction with her in the barn the following day as she's thanking Mr. Machado for standing up for her again. And Mr. Machado is effectively like, I wasn't actually going to let you race him. I just want you to have a horse. I want you to like have this place. Which again, makes us like Mr. Machado even more. And... The entire time they are doing this bit of Corey having to have a conversation with Mr. Machado while also talking out loud to TJ. I hated this bit. I mean, you saw it coming a thousand miles away uh -huh. because anytime there's a one-way conversation that another person can't, th this is this is a trope of this kind of story, but I hated it. I hated when he said when she said goat face and he was like, what? Yeah, like I, uh, I didn't like it at all. Okay. Who did it better, though? Who did it better? Ready to run, or you lucky dog? Ready to run, hands down. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I when mean, you put it like it's that, not a though. high bar. <laughs> I, I mean, well, that's because she's not becoming the horse, <laughs> right? <laughs> Could you imagine, imagine her like fucking kicking up and like. <laughs> I gotta show you this gif. Remind me, to, I'll put it in Discord. There was I was trying to send y'all a gif of a horse girl, and the first one that showed up was this like girl in the field like running like a horse and I was like crying <laughs> oh 
God confirmed that is what the first pitch of this movie was. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh God. My, my question about Kirk Cameron's intimacy with dogs would be very different. <laughs> oh God. God. So yeah, we have we have Thunder Jam and Corey having this conversation, and Mr. Machado compromised with her saying, Yes, you can still exercise TJ. Get him out there, right? Like, make sure he's healthy and happy. So they go out, they're on the track, they're doing a, a little bit of writing. And this is when we have another uh, confirmed hate for TJ. It's not just Gates. It's also ugly ass poodles. And uh, the dog starts barking at TJ and TJ's like, what is that? (laughs) To be fair, a lot of horses don't like dogs. And I have a weird core memory in my brain that like popped into my brain when this scene happened, where one of the barns I used to ride at was down the street from a polo field. And... It was like in a neighborhood. It was bizarre. You would like turn behind a house and all of a sudden be at like a barn with like a practice ring and pastures and like it's wild. It was crazy. But every now and again, we would ride our horses down to the polo field if there wasn't a game happening and we would run like we would let our horses gallop as fast as they could because obviously you can't do that like in a closed show ring. But because you had to walk past a house and through a neighborhood the house that backed up to the entrance to the barn had dogs and those dogs were mean. And I remember riding back with my friend one time, we're just walking slowly and casually. And that dog came out of nowhere, like a bat out of hell running at our horses, barking like crazy. My friend's horse spooked. She fell off. I didn't Mm. fall off though, but I remember shade. (laughs) (laughs) That was some subtle shade. (laughs) I'm just saying my horse also spooked, but I'm better. I'm so. the better writer. Well, horse girl extraordinaire. Listen, I've seen the the room at your mother's house with all the blue ribbons. There's so many blue ribbons. <laughs> uh, but I remember one of the trainers from the barn, like seeing this happening and start running down the street and pick up off the gravel road a rock. And I look, I thinking about this yesterday, I was like, was he going to throw it at the dog? Like, what was he going to do with the rock? I assume throw it at the dog to make the dog run away. Mm. Huh. But anyway, Long story short. Horses don't like dogs. Ho- some horses don't like dogs. Well, we know TJ doesn't. Uh, and that spurs him into a flight across the track. I mean, he's just literally hauling ass. He's hauling ass to the point that they realize maybe he could be a racehorse. Yeah, Machado gets out his timer. And uh, and and as you said, Alan, at, when he gets to the end, he said, that horse didn't run, he flew. So they they finally see potential in TJ as a racehorse. Which is good because, you know, he needs to earn his keep. And then we get to one of my favorite scenes in this movie. And that's when Rodeo Kid demonstrates his skills. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. It, I do like his skills. I got loved it. He's I got was like, to pay the bills. This kid is great. He's like jumping off the horse and letting his feet touch the ground and then ending up back in the saddle and he's backwards riding. He's got all kinds of tricks. He like, did do that one trick a lot, but I I like he, he kind of just kept doing that one trick. But every once in a while, he would throw in something different. I I was very impressed. I no, can I do ha- it. I have a question. What? This is very important. Oh. This is uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I I noticed right away that this kid had on headphones the whole time. Yeah. And that will turn into a big. That'll plot come point. into a big thing. Yeah. But the whole time he's doing his little circus tricks, I thought. Yeah. 
what's the weirdest thing he could be listening to? <laughs> <laughs> so I pose the question to you now. What if he takes off the headphone? What is the weirdest thing that he's listening to to motivate him as he does his circus tricks? Weird Al Yankovic, mm-hmm. eat it. <laughs> I have a good answer. Uh, I, that, that would be incredible. I know a song by the name of Seabat that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does match the beat of his sweet trick. I just all over the And if you know, you know, listener. <laughs> oh, and we know. Oh my God, I just spit water everywhere. Oh my god, that was a spit take. I watched oh that happen. God. Oh, I took the wrong glass of the water. Oh. Okay, um, a great answer. A great answer. <laughs> Truly a stellar response. I, I was going to say something like Sarah McLaughlin. Like he pulls oh, off the head. I will remember you. <laughs> and it's just beautiful, like <laughs> slow jam Sarah oh. McLaughlin or like maybe even Celine Dion or something like that would be really Yeah, cool. oh, that's so funny. Um, we then have this entire interaction where Moody is selected as a jockey. They take him to the gate and they're going to try to get him through the gate of which they continue to have fail getting him through the gate. And Moody delivers this spectacular line. Engine failure. Is Moody this movie's Gilbert? No, huh. he doesn't. Is there a Gilbert? That's interesting. He does play the, that role, but he's not character wise. He he's doesn't not fit, right? But on the Gilbert scale, is he better or worse than original Gilbert? Oh, better than original Gilbert, hands down. I, I, I would argue that Moody, if Gilbert is a five on the Gilbert scale, Moody's a solid eight. Well, we only, yeah, we only look at higher or lowers for the Gilbert scale. I, I agree he's higher on a Gilbert scale for I sure. I think so too. He's a good friend to Corey. Yeah. And he's a... Uh, I mean, you can do those sweet tricks. <laughs> you can do oh, those sweet yeah. tricks. He's, se- he's pretty selfless and brave later in the mm-hmm. movie. So yeah. empathetic, I would say, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, even I, I like the conversation he has with Corey where he's like, this is exciting for me, but I know it sucks for you. I think that he, yeah, he's he has, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he has good moments. He's you don't always get that dumb from. as rocks, but a lot of empathy and self-awareness. Right. Yeah. Let's take a moment to talk about this next scene, which was incredibly awkward and very horny. <laughs> so we cut to the diner. Where Corey's mom works. Mr. Machado walks in, looking all confident. Daddy Machado sits down, asks for a cup of joe. Mom pours the coffee, pulls why out the wallet. Is, why is this in this? No idea. It's very weird. They, they have to establish romance, and it's very uncomfortable. Why is it, like... I, again, it feels like the only reason for this is for him to lean on it to like let the girl do what she wants to do, or like for there to be some element of it. Maybe it's just affecting the, the story. I, I don't understand. It's it's the outcome of this is just very uncomfortable flirting, where he is he being Mr. Machado is doing some not so subtle references to be like I've loved this pretty lady for a long time, which by the way. Mr. Machado's friend was Corey's dad, who was a jockey who died. He was her yeah. trainer. He was his trainer. You know so what I this hear? This is weird. A motive for murder. Yeah. 
That's what I heard. I mean, he does want to fuck his dead friend's widow. Oh, yeah. He, I'm he's saying. Clown. He's a horse trainer. His friend died on a horse that he trained at a race. Now he wants to get with the old wife. That's, that's a motive for homicide. Hmm. This, this needs to be... They need to reopen the case. We need Benoit Blanc in here to figure it out. Well, sir, it seems as if you've gotten together with the widow of the man you killed. We're going to open up that case. I watched Glass Onion on the Zetus Lapidus hiatus. Well. That's my, <laughs> that's my Benoit Blanc accent. Ben it Ben-Wall went French. <laughs> it's very it good. French. Yeah, it sounds like he's, <laughs> thank you, thank you. he's, uh, he's in the room. Uh, so, yeah, we have that interaction, which, again, Max, as you said, like I, I don't understand the purpose. Is it to soften the mom? Is it to endear Mr. Machado to us more, which I didn't like. I don't, it's not doing that. I think as a kid, maybe you'd be like, oh, that's nice. She can have Mr. Machado as her dad. But as an adult, I'm like, that's your best friend's widow. Yeah. Weird. It's weird. 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 I don't feel like as a kid, I care about two adults getting together. No. Like, I, I, I don't think, think, like, as a kid, I don't care at all. I think this, po- this plot is unnecessary. Yeah. The, yeah. The side plot that could be written out and the movie would not be impacted better or worse. I actually think it would be better. I, I'm good with them having a relationship and a close friendship, but I actually think it's better if he comes in kind of like the mom's best friend from Rip Girls and is like kind of more like, I never saw him happier than when he was on a horse. Don't you want that for Corey? Like if he kind of was yeah. like the yeah, representative totally. of the dad to yeah. the mom and yeah. not trying to get in her pants. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he says that yeah. crazy line where he's like, I always love this beautiful woman and she had the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, what's that woman doing now? Pouring and then he coffee. goes, gotta go, bye, and leaves. God, what a, what a creepy dude. No, he's not creepy. He's nice, that. daddy, but it is a weird interaction. Yeah. Ooh. While this is happening, though, we have Corey, who has taken Thunder Jam to a kitty birthday party as punishment for not exiting the gate. Thunder Jam thought he was going to a stud farm. Sure did. Which I don't think children know what that is, but we do. And that's Thunder Jam wanted to go have a lot fuck. of horse sex. A lot of horse yeah, sex. Yeah, he wanted to go fuck. That's not actually how it works, though. Thunder Jam would be disappointed to know he's probably fucking a tube. (laughs) God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really am grateful to have you here, Molly. I I feel like on these particular episodes of of these Lapidus, I I really get a lot of insight into a world that I'm unfamiliar with. And and it's in moments like these that I I feel, I feel that that the value of your friendship really hits a new high. Thank you. Glad to be of service. You know how I learned about this? There is an episode of Dirty Jobs where Mike Rowe has to hold the tube. Oh. Yep. So, okay. Somebody's got to jerk that horse off is what I'm trying to tell (laughs) Wow. In that episode, it was Mike Rowe. Moving on. He was not taken to a stud farm. (laughs) Sometimes people say, is your podcast family friendly? (laughs) (laughs) We talk about jerking off horses. You know, it's not actually. Um... <laughs> can't imagine why. Can't, <laughs> can't put my finger on it. <laughs> it's um okay, so they say stud or plug, right? Which is another 
<laughs> weirdly sexual. But I, I didn't know what it meant. I obviously knew stud, but plug is just like a not good horse, aged oh, horse. Interesting. Right? I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. I looked it up. Cool. I wouldn't use that phrase, but yes. Yeah, that's what they meant. Interesting. But I, okay, I have to say, if I could have a superpower, it would be to talk to animals. Like, I sure. remember watching this movie as a kid and being so jealous of her, of like, wow, that would make your life so much easier if you, while riding the horse, could talk to it and mm-hmm. tell it what you wanted from you and mm. tell it not to be afraid of the dog or the whatever and to do the thing. But also, she's now just accepted that she can talk to the horse. Sure. Yeah. Is she not worried about other people thinking she's literally insane? Clearly, no. She she does mention it a couple times, uh, or like she like tries to cover it up. But when she's doing it, that's mostly when she's doing it, I guess, with like Moody, not when she does it in public at this kid's birthday party. Like if you're like watching your kid be walked around at a at a birthday party, and you put your kid on the back of a horse. And the woman walking the horse around is like talking adamantly to the horse. Are you not a little worried? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's wild. So in any case, we have this scene. TJ realizes he's not going to the stud farm. He doesn't want to be a kitty race uh, horse anymore. He doesn't want to be a pony that goes to kids parties. And we cut to a... Jockey dress-up montage starring Moody because we can't yeah, have come without a montage. I love a fashion montage. This was a fun scene. It was. It was a bond. It happened scene. quick. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little interstitial. And we have this sort of. There's a lot that happens in the next couple of scenes, but the crux of it is we learn that there is a way to calm TJ to be able to make him race, and that is he needs to listen to music. That is sort of what distracts him from the pressures of race day and the song that they they play for the first time for him is ready to run yeah well we first get introduced the, by this not the dixie chicks version no right. make it clear. The, the the original song yeah um we first get introduced by this because Corey says to moody like hey you're always wearing those headphones when you ride and he says it helps him to feel the rhythm of uh, of the horse um, which I love this scene because he's like, you know, Zeppelin is like when you're doing this and, and Pearl Jam is like when you're doing this and, and, and this band. And then he's like, listen, and they put the headphones on Corey, which is the first time you hear ready to run. And I just love that they just listed off Zeppelin and, and Pearl Jam and, and the red hot chili peppers. And then you hear, ooh, ooh, ooh which is exactly what I think of when I think of the red hot chili peppers. I mean, that, that is exactly give it away, what give those it away, band, give it away now. Jeremy Sparkin, Claire's today. That sounds like ready to run. Sure. My trainer actually did tell me to sing songs in my head, especially while showing because it keeps a, it does keep a rhythm in your head. Sure. So then you stay on beat and you're more likely to get your, pacing right and everything like that when you're doing a, a course but huh, yeah that makes sense and it's at the the first race that they take tj to he's been good getting out the gate he's been fine running the race uh but then they get to the gate and he can hear all the other horses talking he's getting distracted by cyclone who's talking some mad shit mm-hmm. yeah and in a moment of desperation Corey just takes the headphones off of moody throws them onto tj 
and he goes, oh, I like this, and then runs the race. It's, it's cute. Cr- did anybody it's catch... It's cute. This is, and I know this is, I don't want to take away from the cuteness, but I'm going to. Did anybody catch the nickname that uh, Garrus has? They slide it in very, very quickly. They, he used to be called the Mad Meat Grinder. Oh, yeah. Ew. I hated that. I hate him so much. They just keep giving layers to his assholery. Anyway, back to the cuteness. It's really cute. He wears the headphones. He wins the race. Well, uh, well yeah, he, 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 he doesn't, he doesn't win. win. Okay, he runs the race. He, he wins. almost wins. He's out he, in front and Cyclone clips him or whatever. Yeah, he Cyclone wins cuts his internal race. He, he wins does. the internal battle. We also learn a little bit more about TJ's lineage where TJ's dad won the Derby. The Kentucky Derby. I want to go to the Kentucky Derby so bad. We should go. It's like a big bucket list item for me. Let's do it. I think it would be, I know we've talked about it before at some point, but I just think I want a big ass hat. I want to drink mint juleps. Yeah, sure. It seems so fun. You want to talk like this the entire time. I want to talk like Benoit Blanc the whole (laughs) (laughs) time. It is also at this point when the mom realizes that Corey has the gift the confidence of horses. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is when we see her begin to become a little bit more okay with the entire interaction that she's having and sort of in the stables, et cetera. We also get, I wouldn't call this necessarily a montage, but there's a lot of uh, footage of Thunder Jam kind of being treated by a vet because again, he was clipped, so they treat him for his injury. And then racing and practicing and and winning quite quite frequently uh, while having his headphones on. And throughout those scenes, and you, you pointed this out, throughout those scenes, you watch more and more fans appear for TJ that have the headphones. They're so cute. I wish that Disney marketed and made these. They're like ears you would wear, like mini ears. It's a headband with horse ears on it, but then the headband has little headphones on it. Yeah, they're cute. They're I agree. so cute. I wish I could purchase a pair. It's like, you can make them. I couldn't. Cool. <laughs> You, I, you, I could make them for you. You've seen me try and craft. <laughs> yeah, it's we barely have. better than my cooking. I don't even think that's true. I think I'm a better cook <laughs> than I am a crafter, and that says a lot. All of this culminates in a grand fiesta that the family is having um, to celebrate Thunder Jam success, which ends in a commissioner of some variety appearing and saying. Well, I've done the liberty of entering Thunder Jam inside the Golden Derby. Is he Benoit Blanc? Yeah. Uh, and he will be, I hope at your leave, Mr. Machado, representing us at the Golden Derby. And Mr. Machado does like this very weird forest reply. He can do it! <laughs> <laughs> it was like this almost circa genius we almost had the ring to ourselves. Man, we almost had the arena to ourselves. Huh. Oh, we do love a good delivery. I, I got to say, though, I'm not surprised that Mr. Machado coached TJ to winning. Because this is not Mr. Machado, played by Nestor Serrano's first time at the races. Oh, it's happening. So to speak. We're oh, okay. Because Nestor Serrano also played... Pancho Martin in the film Secretariat. Yeah. About one of the most famous racehorses of all time. Secretariat gets a mention in this movie too. It does, and that's also ironic. Starring alongside Mr. Serrano is James Cromwell, 
He plays Ogden Phipps in the film. Uh, mm. You probably know James Cromwell from being in Babe. He was okay. a farmer in Babe. Uh huh. He sure. also had a he also had a small role on the hit show ER. Uh huh. George he, Clooney. Yep, where he played Bishop Stewart. And uh, you mentioned George Clooney, an A plus actor in ER. Uh, yeah. But you know he was great. No, Wiley was great, but nobody was as great as Anthony Guidiera. Who played Fireman? Sure. In episode. <laughs> An impactful role. Season eight. Yeah. Okay. An impactful role. Yeah. Wow. Lasted a lifetime. Episode six of season eight. Impactful. Amazing. Uh-huh. But almost as good as that is uh, Anthony played co pilot Tucker in a hit film called Armageddon. Oh, sure. Yeah. Co pilot Tucker. Co pilot Tucker. I remember him. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Uh, and alongside him, you may know this already, Billy Bob Thornton. I did. Mm. Billy Bob Thornton played Tan Truman. Uh, but Billy Bob Thornton, Max, you might know this, played Coach Gaines in the Friday Night Lights movie. The film. Huh. That's right. The, the film, film Friday the Night film Lights. The film version. Yeah. And uh, among the plethora of athletes in that film was a character named Mike Winchell. Uh-huh. And he's played by Lucas Black. He sure is. Who you may he know sure is. as Sean Boswell in the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Oh, it oh is. God. The family's here, baby. The family made it in. What I mean at Tokyo. Ooh. Great film. Well, it was number I mean, nine on my list of the Fast and Furious films. And it's number eight on mine, for the record. So. But, One in our hearts. But we loved it. We love it for this reason, because I could finally work in a Fast and Furious movie into this We thing. love it. We love it. Um, and I was tickled to see an appearance uh, of Zachary Ty Bryan in that yes. film, playing Clay, the bully at the high school. But Zachary Ty Bryan also showed up as a similar character. <laughs> As, as he often did. In one of my favorite movies growing up, he played Rob, the bully in First Kid. Mm. Did y'all see First Kid? I don't I think so. One of my favorite movies growing up, it's about the president's son who gets a new Secret Service agent named Agent Sims. Yep. And who should be Agent Sims other than Hollywood himself, Sinbad. Uh, you know, it's nice you had Sinbad to connect to. Not that we ever really got to see him in this movie, but it is good that you had him for Armageddon. I actually knew the entire time I was going to end on Sinbad. Yeah, of course. I mean, oh, you have to. I love Sinbad, and that movie truly was one of my favorites as a child. And then I thought about Zachary Ty Bryan, and I was like, if I can get a Fast and the Furious movie in this. You gotta. I got to, because it'll you be so poignant after we just watched him this past week. Oh, yeah. Sure. You waited a little, you, you sat on Mr. Machado for a while. I did. We talked about him a lot, but we had a good, th- we were talking about a lot about Daddy Machado, and I, you know, didn't yeah. want to get too eager. Absolutely. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop, because she won't. Well, let's get back to one of the uh, most evil scenes from our friend, Mr. Garris. After we have all of these scenes of TJ winning, the fiesta of TJ being invited to the Golden Derby. Are we going to talk about 
the mom and Mr. Oh, Machado at the, yeah. at the they party. They try to pay off that plot point by him doing this weird pickup line of, what would happen if I asked that woman I was talking to you about to dance? Which you might is, just have to ask her. <laughs> I liked it when she looked Corey right in the eyes and said, he's a great trainer. And I was like, wow. Danny. Hello. What's he been training you on? Hello, sailor. They've been doing a workout, if you know what I mean. That's right. He's been working her out. (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they dance at the fiesta, which is the... uh, (laughs) That's all I meant, too. They were dancing, Alan. I meant that he worked her out by dancing. What did you think? You know what? Dancing as well. Yeah. The no pants dance. We get a scene... After all this happening, Mr. Garris is very upset that TJ is a part of this experience because TJ was his horse and he, uh, I don't know why he has the accent. He He's just, uh, everybody is Southern accent. now, even though this movie takes place in California. Correct. He's pissed because TJ was his horse and now he's like being successful, which is throwing shade on his name, which again, he's shady in general. So I don't know why he's mad about that. So he takes a cigar, walks into the Machado barn with a lit cigar. And goes to have a talk with Thunder Jam. Setting the cigar down on the side of the fence, letting it burn. He lights the barn on fire. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. He lights the barn on fire. Like, very intentionally. I I actually, I mean, I, I'm willing to accept that. It wasn't clear to me if he meant to or not. The reason I say that is because what he says to TJ is something about it being silent. Right? And then... When we get to the race, he has gotten the new policy put in where he can't have the headphones on. And it looks like the end of the cigar like kind of crumbles and falls the hot end into the into the hay. I it's not uh, he's an asshole. So he probably did it on purpose, but I think that this part was weird. I expected him to mess with the music because he took the CD out of the CD player. I expected him to like swap the CDs or like do something with the music. And then the barn caught on fire. Like I think the barn catching on fire is just a reason for Moody to not run this race. Well, that, I mean, that is ultimately what happens, right? I I always thought and thought again that it was an intentional barn fire. It might have been. I, I don't know that I initially read it that way, but it could have been. He's so blasé about killing horses that I totally could see him doing that. And he's... Oh, it's a little barn fire. And he's a real dick to Mr. Machado. So I could totally. see him just being like, mm, got you. Yeah, we have to defend Daddy Machado. Thankfully, though, Corey has this not only mental link with horses and the confidence of horses, a new power that has been introduced. True. It's right. her ability to have horse ESP to recognize when something bad is happening. She has a premonition. She and senses a disturbance in the force. Something bad happened? As if, as if a million voices, were, a million suddenly voices were suddenly silenced. Screamed out in terror, then was suddenly silenced. I worry something is wrong. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> they run to the barn and thankfully are able to rescue the horses but on the way out, Moody grabs something that is currently it's inflamed. A blanket. a blanket that is inflamed. Yeah, yeah. Thunder Jam has his blanket on, which is not just like a blanket you lay on him. It's like strapped onto him. And the blanket's on fire. And he's trying to get it off of him. And he has no choice but to grab it with his hands, his riding hands, mm-hmm. and throw it on the ground. Uh, but luckily, he does save Thunderbolt. 
Thunderbolt, Thunder Jam, but obviously he can't ride in this condition. Which leaves the only solution that Corey needs to become the jockey. Obviously. Which leads to a fight. I couldn't believe this happened. Who would have thunk that at the end of this, for the big race, that after expressing it's her whole life's dream to be a jockey after all the... Adversary, 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 all the adversary, <laughs> all the adversary, <laughs> all the every, every adversary, every <laughs> all single the adversaries. one. Yeah. Who could have expected that it comes down to her being the one that has to ride the race? I'm shocked. Personally, I'm shocked. Uh, floored, really. Then we get a fight scene because you know who's also floored? Corey's mom. And they have a fight between the mom, Corey, and the grandmothers there. This really felt, I, I don't know if either of you got this vibe. But it felt like the Moana scene when Moana's fighting with her dad and the grandmom's there to sort of like calm the tension. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe that I got from this. I, yeah, this this scene is not surprising. We know mom's stance on this. We know that she doesn't want her to be a jockey. We know that she, uh, that what is building this. This is, this is where my problems with the ending of this movie start. And that is that the very next scene, mom's going to come and find Corey at the racetrack and she's going to tell her she's fine with her racing and she's going to hand her her dad's silks. I like the silks bit. That was really nice. Yeah. But there's no reason for her to change her opinion. We saw earlier mom take that moment and see Corey talk to the horse and recognize that she has the gift. And I just see that as that should be the catalyst for where she's like, oh, she should be doing this. She has the gift. Right. right. But now way later, she takes a hard stance of I'm not going to let you do it. And then the very next scene, for no reason at all, she's changed her opinion. Well, she goes to therapy. And I don't think it makes any sense. Like, I, I, I wish that this fight would have happened earlier when it was like, hey, I want to race the horse. They have this big fight. Moody runs all the races. Moody gets hurt. And now she's seen her do the gift and she's like, listen, I think it's fine that you do this. I've seen that you possess this. And like that, it just may, it's just better that way. I, I don't like that. She changes her tune with no catalyst at all. They try to bandaid it by giving mom and Corey a bonding moment where the mom is like, you have the gift like your dad did. But it, I agree that it feels like a little bit of a fast U-turn. Right. I think it, it, that's a slow burn conversation, not a U-turn conversation. I think though they're what the catalyst that they're trying to say is that it's this big race. And I think the mom's like, well, if I don't let you run, then all your hard work with the horse was for nothing. That's what I think it is. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing and saying that your no, that's fair. Rewrite reordering isn't better. I just think, I think that's what they're, attempting to say is the sure. catalyst yeah I, th- I mean i think that's fair i i also like the part where he uh or where she gives her dad's silks to court yeah I that's a nice that bit nice. yeah it's very sweet nice. very very sweet again she can't ride she's not 16 but it's nice yep yep the entire premise is flawed so we get to the race and we have an announcement wait hold on just really quick yeah, yeah. did anybody notice the actor driving the truck no they load up the truck. They load TJ up in the truck. They make a big deal about everybody leaving in this like caravan. 
And there's a scene where Moody is waving out the side with his bandage hand. And I think it's supposed to take your attention away from the guy that's definitely not Daddy Machado. <laughs> because this guy driving the truck has a massive handlebar mustache. <laughs> oh, he's from And Morrison's. it is on display. In this, like, this guy's sitting behind the wheel, turning the wheel, and he's on the camera side. Big ass handlebar mustache <laughs> driving the truck. And I was like, oh, I, okay, that guy's not... Mr. Machado. Well, it's kind of like every time they show the horses race, I'm like, okay, that's not Corey. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, definitely sure. a professional jockey. <laughs> it's the it's the Johnny Tsunami effect where she's right. I, I, that's yeah. exactly what I thought of is like the very obvious extras from Johnny Tsunami. Oh, God, <laughs> like, oh, so you're funny. an adult person now. Yeah, Got it. Right, yes. So we get to the horse race, and the announcer comes, or, or sort of the organizer of the Golden Derby comes to Miss Machado, and if I do, is like. You cannot use any electronic to help aid your horse in the race, which means headphones are not allowed, which feels uh, like a weird extension and application of that rule if it is one. It is a rule because you're not allowed to shock the horse to make it run faster. Oh, why would you shock a horse? To make it run faster. Yeah, he says that in the in the movie. Yeah. He says, that's this is so you don't shock horses. And the guy's like, that is the intent. Yeah. I also, because of that, noticed, and I like retroactively realized they never show anyone crop, like hit the horse with a crop. Mm. And I think that's probably because it's a decom, but sure. very huh. unrealistic if you were actually watching a horse race. Huh. Yeah. And, and I am not taking a stance on it. Well, no, it's just what happens in a horse race. I'm just saying, like, if you watch yeah. a horse race, they, they like, will crop a horse. Yeah, stance or no stance. That is what happens and in a horse race. And they don't do it. I didn't see them do it one time in this movie, mm. which I thought was interesting because they're carrying crops. Yeah, they actually lift they just one never up. Use them. The they just never use them. And they're, I mean, horse girl, again, there are ways to use crops where you don't actually like swat at the horse with it. Like, I don't think that it would be helpful for racing horses. I've never raced a horse, but like there's things where like if you have a, a well-trained horse, like, and you're holding the, the crop in your hand as you're holding the reins, you can like kind of press it into the horse's shoulder. So they know they have to like lean in a little bit. So there's things you can do like that with a crop is just kind of like a pointer, a like mechanism? a guiding mechanism. Huh. But I just thought it was interesting that they never showed them crop a horse. That is interesting. I also noticed that this is just miracle and lane too. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, this, I, it yeah. is the miracle in lane two treatment of policy change at the big race, which is, you know, not great. However, unlike miracle in lane two, we don't get them to reverse the policy because of a uh, of threatening a lot of press releases and ruining their name. We get uh, no change in policy for Corey. Headphones are taken away, even though everybody in the stands has the headphones with the horse ears on it, which is very adorable. And the race begins. It does not start well for TJ, naturally. He does not have his headphones on. He leaves the gates, but he is, he's not doing well. He's not galloping. And this is when I really learned I liked Moody. Moody being quick thinking. I mean, this, is, this wouldn't fly at all, by the way. But Moody being very quick thinking, grabs his Walkman with his bandaged hands and sprints to the top of the press box where the announcer is doing uh, sort of the voiceover announcing of the uh, race updates, plugs that Walkman directly into the speakers and plays his jams. 
this, this is my problem with this movie and the end of the movie, because naturally you get to the end of the race, you get to the final race of the movie. They take away his headphones. He can't have the thing that keeps him distracted and out of his own head. And he's forced to race without it. It begins not so well. I want Corey to use her ability to talk to this horse, to calm him down, motivate him and keep him focused so that the focus is on her ability to work with this horse and get him to win the race. Instead, they plug a fucking speaker into the PA system and he wins because of music. It doesn't matter that she has a gift. What he needs is a jam, not the girl that's gifted to talk to him. He needs a dope song. It doesn't matter at all that she can talk to this horse. It completely invalidates her gift. Whereas it could just be her being like, you've got this, it's in your heart. Don't get distracted, talk to me, whatever. Any of that is better than Moody playing this song over the PA system because it just completely takes away all of the value of her gift in the final scene of this movie. She doesn't need him or he doesn't need her. Moody could be on that damn horse, he still wins. It's a very interesting, like I, because I see that. Like, I, I, I worry that she does talk to him on the raceway, but, like, ultimately it's just to, just to like, do a back... He doesn't, and he doesn't get faster until that song goes on. Oh, no, She correct. talks to him and it does nothing. Well, it works, though, for this film, even though it's not... Now, after hearing that, I'm, yeah. I kinda yeah, that is better. Him. I think you could argue that her gift is what got him started to begin with, so that's why it was helpful, but I do think it's better if the music doesn't get played at the end and, and her talking to him is all that he needs um the music was inside you all along because also not that this movie is remotely realistic i couldn't help but be annoyed because i'm like why is the announcer just letting this kid play music sure. for the pa system oh, yeah. and then he just kept announcing while the music was playing like it's wild that to me jumped the shark which is ridiculous to say in a movie about a girl talking to horses right that jumped it but i i will say the comedy of Moody and the announcer getting close throughout the race, I found funny. Like I thought, I, unrealistic, but I thought it was funny. I think the final scene with the music playing is fun. I think it's, you know, the, the end of the race is exciting. I'm glad they win. I just, I just wish for a movie about a girl that can talk to horses that they actually use the fact that she can talk to the damn horse at the end of the movie. And instead they made it about the music, yeah. which... By the way, if it's going to be about the music, you don't need her to be able to talk to the damn horse throughout the movie. So it, it could have just been about a horse that listens to music while he races, and the movie would have been fine. Yeah, and you could have called it Thunder Jams. Could have still been an excellent name, mm-hmm. but that is a better name. Yeah, if you, I, that's with the Z. Uh, that is a better name. <laughs> and then I mean, it makes a, it's now Thunder Jam is the titular character. Yeah. As you mentioned, Max, ultimately Thunder Jam does win the race. It is a close one. They're able to maneuver the way that's that's right, so Cyclone doesn't jam them into the into the fence. Um, and we get this beautiful scene of everybody celebrating, holding up the trophy. Moody's holding the trophy, even though his hands are bandaged and it's not actually hurting him. So where does his injury go? And it cuts immediately away to really a sweet scene of Corey having bought her family a house. Mm. They are all at the barn. TJ is doing great he's in races she's now jockeying and moody is a dj yeah he is it's nice dj moody spinning the hits of the 2000s for everybody at that barn 
I did think the buying the house was heartwarming. I know I'm making jest in light of Moody being a DJ, but I did think that her buying the house for the family was very heartwarming. Can I say something else I just thought about, about Moody and Corey? I'm really glad they didn't romantically link them. 100%. Oh, yeah. I think 100%. I really get sick of watching every movie. They have to link the two characters together. And it's like, you know... A man and a woman can just be friends. Like Molly, that's factually incorrect. Uh, men and women <laughs> cannot have platonic uh, relationships. I forgot. Which is, you know, you and I are a great example of that. That's true. Oh, According God. to one commenter, you are in love with me because you let me ride can, my favorite ride. Can confirm. So, I am in love with you. The long play. Oh, my God. This whole thing is an effort. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but seriously like that is one of my the things i like about shang chi in the marvel universe is because they don't link him and katie together they're yeah. just best friends and i think it's refreshing and it's nice and it's good for for the youths to see yeah that hey it's cool that this teenage boy and girl are just friends hard yeah. agree yeah for sure i and wish that- there was no romantic links in this movie to be, to be clear. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish there was just no hard I, agree. I don't I don't need any of the romantic links in this movie. I concur fully. Uh, but that is how Ready to Run ends with everybody sort of celebrating together at the barn, the success of Thunder Jam. It was not bad, but I am curious as to both of your ratings for this movie. Now, listeners, Zetus Lapidus went on a Zetus Lapidus hiatus for a few weeks. So this is our triumphant return to yeah. our rating. The last film we watched, just to refresh both of your memories, although I'm not sure you need refreshing, was Stepsister from Planet Weird. Wish oh, I could wow. forget it. Yeah. Wish oh, I wow. could forget it. Now, that might be coloring my rating, but I, I'm curious about what, what you would rate these. I'm going to give this one a 7.8. I really like this movie. I think, obviously, Horse Girl has a uh, strong reason for that, but I think it's a pretty good movie overall. I think the characters are pretty well developed i think the horse listening to music is fun i think it has a good villain i think the main character is likable i think it's paced pretty well and um yeah i enjoyed watching it for sure yeah i uh, i'm gonna give this a 6.5 i think it's an enjoyable movie i liked watching it i'd never seen it before and on my first uh watch i i never you know was not having fun um, I think that there are some pretty bad narrative elements near the end, and it's um, uh, there's a lot of scenes that don't need to be in this movie. Um, with a little bit of editing and some rearranging, it would be a lot better. Uh, but where it's at, a fun movie and 6.5. I give this one a 7. Honestly, I was thinking about this before any of us started rating. I, I think it's a, an above-average decom. agree with both of the points you made. But I also think this further cements, Max, your idea that there are different teams of individuals that are writing these decoms since they're cranking them out on a monthly basis. And that cadence is unsustainable for a singular writing team. So I think this was kind of like the B or C team doing the work on this one, mm-hmm. which fits with kind of where all of us are, are giving or are, are sort of rating this film. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was just a fun movie. Like this is a popcorn decom. If yep, there ever was I agree. one. I'd watch it again. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's that's my takeaway is like I, I would not be upset to watch this movie again. Well, let's turn to an IMDb review. Now, there are mostly positive reviews for this. And by mostly positive, I mean like nines and tens out of uh, the majority. There's one four, but it's like it's not a media review. Here is one that is a nine out of ten. It is titled Harmless Fun. 
I've been binging on watching movies about my favorite sports. In parentheses, horse racing and curling. Yes, I know. Interesting combination. This week while on Christmas break, I've seen Run for the Roses, Dan Patch, ready to run, this title of course, Jerry Curls, and Men with Brooms so far, and came upon this little gym on Disney Plus, and boy, am I glad I did. I'm, I'm mostly shocked that I... I conceivably they just listed two movies about curling yeah <laughs> that is that's surprising to me i gotta be honest yeah with you. I, that, I, that's why i picked this review i was like curling but cool. yeah while the animals talking to people trope isn't one that is one that has been done before prior to this movie uh, clearly this individual has not watched other films in the decom rolodex i think they they mean in the horse racing bit oh right? i see yeah maybe in horse racing films this is unique mm-hmm there's, then they make sure to add a an asterisk here and do like a sub-reference at the bottom of their review that I don't uh-huh. need. There is no CGI animal mouths here. Just voiceover for the horses as they do horsey things. Thank Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah, thank, I don't need a Mr. Ed situation. It's good, harmless fun for the whole family. If you're looking for a meteor horse racing movie, perhaps Seabiscuit, The Great Dan Patch, and Secretariat, <laughs> which all have their inaccuracies as well, will be more for your liking. But if you're looking for some light, feel-good fluff for an hour and a half or looking for a safe movie for your child who loves horses, it does its job. And these horses are gorgeous athletes. I was ready for that review to just become a review of Seabiscuit. Like, <laughs> like, they're like, they're like, I watched this movie while I was on my Christmas break. But if you're looking for a better movie about horses, check out Seabiscuit. It stars Tobey Maguire. And it is a realistic, you know, just an entire review about Seabiscuit <laughs> nestled in this. Like a I, Russian nesting doll. I, yeah, just like a review and a review and a review and a review. Right. I, I, I just read this and I was like, what an interesting, like her favorite, horse racing I get as a favorite sport, right? Like I think that the, it's popular and, in certain times of the year, but the curling one threw me. Um, mainly, I guess because I'm, I'm from the south of the US, right? Like that's not something that's on my radar, but. I think people have become fans of curling because it's weird. Yeah, let's throw a puck and, and, and broom the broom It is the a ice. highlight of the Winter Olympics. Yeah. I don't know how it works, but I will watch it. Uh, so, all right. So we have Quince up next. The return of Kimberly J. Brown. Indeed. I I have like a fever dream of watching this, I think, as a kid. Maybe. Oh, I've never seen it. watched this as a kid. Yeah. I've never seen it. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, we'll learn about it soon, but I'm excited to get it back into this. I'm so happy to be back on the pod doing Zetas and Petas again. This was a great introduction back into Zetas it was a good introduction back thank yeah. god we started yeah. off with a we good one we started strong could you imagine strong. if we started with sepsis or from planet weird i, I am, no, could not i don't know that we'll feel this strongly about quince but we'll see ah, well, keep our fingers crossed uh in any case listeners thank you so much for hanging out with us be sure to go ahead and like the podcast leave a review wherever it is you listen to podcasts it really does help us out more than you know uh welcome back to zetas lapitas be sure to follow us on all of our socials and uh, we'll see you next time folks bye bye bye, bye. bye. hey <laughs> <laughs>